take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, talking about breaking news, which is what happened today in Charlottesville. The story uh, is continuing to progress. There was a protest uh, of a removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee, and the organizing force behind that was something called Unite the Right. There were counter-protests. The government called it an unlawful assembly, even though the guy had, uh, Jason Kessler, I think the guy's name was, had uh, a federal judge overturn the state's ruling and give them the permit. So there's that art of ambiguity I've talked about before where both sides can think they're right on this. In the end, the governor called a state of emergency. And after that, weirdly, (laughs) what's the point of calling a state of emergency if after he did that, a car plowed into the crowd? You know, it's it's kind of strange. We've had some callers who've noticed that it's weird that the cops didn't really step in, didn't stop it from happening. We've seen that before in Baltimore. There's some weird details here on this story. Uh, before the break, I had uh, a caller, Jake, who pointed out that these that that in the Middle East there have been destruct uh, statues have been brought down of controversial figures maybe saddam hussein or whatever and and who are we to to take these statues down and i maybe i'm not putting his question exactly perfectly but i would just i just want to address this idea of destroying material physical reminders of a past trump touched on it in his speech earlier so we need to respect our history i when they go into the middle east and bomb bomb important thousand you know multi-thousand year old cultural sites to me the intention is to destroy anything that could be unifying in the community but if you go to germany and there there's like a hitler statue there aren't because nobody wants that nobody there is nothing unifying about that i actually think that that was an anomaly in german history that was a result of outside forces Nobody wants that. So, but in this case, people look at these statues, Robert E. Lee, as in, and interpret it from two different perspectives. I personally, as a Yankee, I don't have this the same kind of uh, feeling, understanding of the cultural history. But I always thought of the South. Uh, I always thought of the states' rights issue. When I saw a Confederate flag, I thought it was a. I didn't think that that the Yankee. I knew Yankees who had <laughs> Confederate flags, and to me, they thought it was states rights not uh, a racial thing but when you look at that statue it has both elements to it now people think it symbolizes both things so i don't i don't really know personally as a libertarian i have the answer in that i don't condone i'm actually an anarcho-capitalist but even if i were what they call a minarchist very small government i would never condone that my tax dollars be spent on erecting a statue in a public place. I would never, ever condone that no matter what. If it's Picasso or a, or a political hero, I don't even like it when they name bridges after politicians. So he takes my money, he lives off it, then we build the bridge with our money and it gets named after him. It should be called 
Monica's Bridge. Everybody they should have picked the name out of a hat, you know? Uh, uh, so for me, if you had private property, which I would strictly respect, you could basically put anything you wanted up there. I mean, even if it offended people, stay away. So that's, that's my answer. And uh, I am open to your interpretation i mean should we have the statues at all does it matter like why is this such a big deal 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show i'm going to james in atlanta james you are on with monica yeah monica yes i want to talk about this being a false flag but to the caller like jake the last callers i agree with you if you want to have something about the confederacy on your private property by all means do it but don't spend my money as an african-american erecting statues of people. I mean, Monica, can you name me one place in America, inside of America, where there's monument to known traitors of the United States of America? The people you erect in statues, let's get history straight. They were traitors against the Republic. Stonewall. Well, I see. I think that's where there's a real dispute is that the the United, I would say prior to Civil War, prior to Lincoln, the idea that secession was a right that the states had was accepted. I think that that's what that's where the dispute came in. That's the whole thing. Millions of people died over that question. Abraham Lincoln in the Union was trying to preserve the Constitution. The, no, uh, the Robert E. Lee and the rest of these guys—they were—they 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 were. I don't think so. I think that the Constitution was a voluntary agreement among the states. Yes, but I, I'm saying, that, you know, like I said, th- th- this has no Confederacy monuments has no business being on any public place where people pay taxes. I, I don't think any monuments to anyone should be tax-funded on public property. I don't believe in hero, hero worship in that way anyway, because it's it's a, these heroes are erected as symbols to control how we think about issues. So now you have, maybe there were real political issues, but we've symbolized it all, mm-hmm. and now we can just latch on to our symbol, and, it, and they can use that, manipulate us so easily to pit us against each other over a symbol. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not in just, favor of it. It's just amazing that in 2017, almost 2018, we're having an argument about the Civil War. How ridiculous is that? I mean, people just, you, you need to get over it, man. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's 150 going on. But what's keeping it alive? Ago. What do you think what's is keeping, keeping it alive? is people, you know, I hate to say it, people have their, you know, when people argue about states' rights, I'm like, states' right to do exactly what? To own slaves? That's the states' right there was fighting. You, you, you wanted the right to own people? As as a piece of property, so you would go to war over it. I mean, let's call it what it is. It was that's what it was about. And and, I mean, mean, it it is just absolutely ridiculous. And and it offends anything that offends your fellow Americans should be shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't be erected. It's unequivocally wrong and a a moral outrage. But I think that the reason it's kept alive as a political issue is that it has so much political power. It has dividing power, like you say, and then they want to put a false flag on Trump to say, hey, you know, all this stuff wouldn't be going on if Trump wasn't the president. He's making everybody crazy. But it started under Obama. A lot of this stuff started under Obama that this I expected Obama to help unite us. And I feel like he made it worse. Well, I, I think he did that to cause on purpose to cause to cause chaos in the country. So the Democrats can be in control. They thought that was going to be their way to hold it on the political power. But I, I just think this is something 
everything that goes wrong now is going to be Trump's fault. Whether it's North Korea, yeah. whether it's the Civil War, everything is going to be, it's going to be Trump. Hey, oh, man, you woke up, what? You got a headache this morning? It was Trump's fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every, every, everything is Trump because they want to create something. They want to create an atmosphere that everything will go back to normal if we can just get Trump out of office. I got a tweet when Trump came into office. I asked uh, one of my favorite tweets, Dean. I I asked him what uh, what he thought the true meaning of the Trump presidency was, and he thought maybe they let Trump get in so they could hang all this stuff on him. I think that there's a chance that he was set up for this from the beginning. Any chance of that? Um, so, all right, I got time for one more call. Uh, Robert in Atlanta, you're on with Monica. Robert. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hey. I, I didn't hear my name. Sorry, Robert, uh, you're on with Monica. I I really like your show. I, I trend uh, conservative, but you always uh, are so enlightening. Thank um, you. The, uh, you know, it's not about the statues that are going up now. I agree with you that, that um, uh, political heroes, et cetera, you know, should not go on public property. I, I think that's probably not a good idea. Um, but the, the statues that are there, that are being torn down, it seems to me this is not about free speech. Uh, it's about political vandalism. I, I do not see statues of uh, Democrats who oppose civil rights uh, being torn down. I don't see their their uh, reputations being besmirched after the fact. And it reminds me of um, Major General Patrick Claiborne, uh, who was with the Army of Tennessee, uh, said that, uh, and I'm having to paraphrase here because I'm in the car and don't have it in front of me. Totally but fine. He said, he said um, that uh, if, if we do not win this war, meaning if the Confederacy does not prevail, then the enemy uh, will make villains of our heroes and teach that uh, to their children. And yeah, that that's, that's actually, here. hold on and a second, I, Robert. That's a good point. I, and I and I think that now Hitler, I do believe, was a creation of outside forces. I do not think he represented. But when you look at uh, uh, so I can understand, you know, that would not be a good example. But which is what I touched on earlier. But in England, you see a lot of statues in England of people you never heard of. You don't know because they, they've been putting statues up for hundreds of years there. But a lot of those people, if England had not uh, remained a huge empire, would be absolutely demonized as colonialists and um, murdering indigenous people and all that stuff. But why are they still uh, still... Why is the narrative about them still heroic? Because they were part of a history that that is written by the English because they were the victors. They are on top. They didn't have that, that um, shameful defeat, and they, they get to, to keep their myths in place. Fight uh, as, as support for Claiborne's uh, prophecy, uh, your last caller, anyone who is really a product of public schools uh, comes out thinking that the Civil War was about slavery and equates slavery with states' rights. That's the problem. Now, the states' rights and slavery thing, because if you read the Cornerstone speech, I was shocked at that it was like the foundation was about slavery, because I actually uh, felt that the other factors, the economic factors, the tariffs and stuff like that, were really the the dividing point. But it's a complex issue. We're not going to solve it now. Um, 
but I do think that it's kept alive because it's so divisive. You could have two intelligent callers back to back who have absolutely opposite views of the thing. And uh, I don't think that the last caller is necessarily a product of public school. I don't think that's the issue. I think that these are different perspectives. and that's why it's so divisive. So Greta in Romania wants to tell us about the statues in her country. I want to hear it in a second. 800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Eighty-seven degree, sorry, eighty-three degrees outside the studio today's high eighty-nine. Tomorrow's high also eighty-nine. This is Monica Perez going to Greta in Atlanta. Greta, you are on with Monica. Hey, in regard to uh, the listener who said, "Who are we to destroy those statues?" I have a little comment. I grew up in uh, Eastern Europe. I'm Romanian. And all Eastern Europe was populated with statues of Lenin and Stalin. And we were mandated to bow in front of them. As soon as the communists fell, the first thing we did, the population, we put those statues down. So maybe when the statue was erected, it might have been represented something. But in time, history changes and the views are changed. So um, with all respect to history and art, I believe sometimes... Uh, we should put some status down, <laughs> at least in our perspective. Yeah. It was a breakdown with the communist uh, ties to kill those, I mean, destroy those statues. Yeah, it's very interesting. Thank you so much for calling, Greta. Uh, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I mean, do you, I guess because it was a civil war, it's so different. And that people uh, still feel that there are divisive issues that we have not resolved. But, but my bottom line would be... Let's get rid of the making heroes out of politicians and uh, war leaders and even just using tax money to do that, to to make these political levers. Lots of great calls coming up. Stay on hold. If you're on hold, we're going to do some rapid fire after the break. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. The most fun I have all week is giving away the prize pack. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturday is from 3 to 6, and I try always to give away the weekend prize pack in the 5 o'clock hour. It is a pair of tickets to see Donald Fagan and the Night Flyers on August 16th at Atlanta Symphony Hall. I like Donald Fagan. Well, I liked... Steely Dan, that was one of his bands. First to call 404-741-0750. Gets that. That should be awesome. Uh, I want, I've got some great calls. I'm going to get to them in just a minute. I do have a couple of open lines if you want, 800-WSB-TALK. But I have a couple of clips that, very short clips that I think are really interesting because we can talk about, I've actually, I think, made some people mad, which I hate to do, but I always end up doing it, that uh, when I look at these protests and counter-protests and um, how the police behave, they they hold back, let things get out of control, then it's a state of emergency, like that kind of stuff. You know, then after it's declared a state of emergency, the car plows through the crowd. I mean, this kind of thing, uh, it it plays into the narrative very, you know, it's almost too cute. I don't know about, I have not dug into this event 
I do not know uh, what was behind it. I don't know whose idea it was, if it was meant to end up this way. I think a lot of people do think it was kind of set up to be like this. But Binkley, my trusty producer here, has been keeping his finger on the pulse of what I hate to call, but they call the resistance movement indivisible these are all like one and the same and they're highly organized they're so well produced they're so um uh orchestrated that you know big money big thinkers big you know people who know what they're doing are behind this if there's nothing grassroots about it as a matter of fact they actually train the grassroots how to create problems at this at these events and we got a taste of that when uh, James O'Keefe came out with the Project Veritas videos that talked about how the guy got fired for it for once it was revealed. But they would they would send a lot of people to a lot of different events, and what he said, quote, scenario it out. And like his goal, I believe, was to get an old lady punched in the face. Like that was one of his goals. So so here's how they do it. Here's a couple of clips. Binkley, what can I think we have two clips here? What uh, this was from a video. What can you just give me like a one sentence intro to this? It's instructions on how to disrupt a town hall. And this video or clip that we're about to play instructs people to create conflict, confrontation by not giving up the microphone when their turn is over. So um, it's it's about town halls and uh, about the town halls when people are the Congress is at recess. So let's. Let's hear clip 19. Don't give up the mic until you have an answer. If a staffer tries to take the mic, stand up for yourself. Up, 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 up. I mean, it's a video, right? That's what I was, uh, I wanted to ask you. That came from a video. Yeah. Okay. I did not see the video. So what is it? The chick's telling the instructions and this guy is like pantomiming? Yeah, he's acting <laughs> it out. He actually has a mic stand and he's, you know, sticking his hand away. Yeah. And I've seen people do this in some of these videos, yeah. and it's not as light and fluffy as this commercial makes it out. Right, right. So he's demonstrating how to do it. Yes. And then um, the the next clip is what? She, she continues to give you different ways of... Different ways of um, uh, different different ways to disrupt at the right. at the crowd, and, and this time they're encouraging people to use the mob mentality of the crowd. Okay, so let's hear clip twenty. Another tactic: involve the crowd. Ask your fellow constituents to cheer if they want to hear an answer. There is strength in numbers. So, the uh, what she's saying is. Try to get people worked up. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what she's saying. And she's doing it so lightly and fluffily, but it's they mean for bad things to happen. And I think yeah. I don't know if you if you have a clip, a real short clip. Uh, I don't know if that thing was even audio or televised. I don't think we have it. But there was a. Why don't you tell me? Wasn't there an event in Georgia this week where somebody did? Can you describe that for me in like one second? Yeah, it was Doug Collins Town Hall, and they had a bunch of indivisible people there. He's a congressman. Yeah, using these tactics, and it was chaos. And it wasn't light and fluffy. It was, right. why do you want to kill my family? Stuff like that. Right. I heard, I heard, a, I didn't see the video, but I heard a longer version of this audio. And they talk about how um, they they talk about wearing the same clothes, making the same signs. They really tell you how how to get it done. And I know that there were handbooks about this kind of stuff during like the color revolutions and 
in Ukraine and stuff, and even in Baltimore. So I remember there were flyers in Ukraine of how to like wear a hoodie and not be recognized, and those same things popped up in Baltimore. So these things aren't uh, a joke. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to some calls unless you want to give me a punctuation mark. Well, I'd say the most extreme thing that happened at that event was a girl stood up holding a sign saying, "Doug Collins voted to kill me." <laughs> and then everybody I marched did. out. I think you sent me like a still of that. That's hilarious. Um, well. <laughs> It's not hilarious if the guy actually is trying to kill her, but it's <laughs> hilarious because he, the guy did not vote, vote to kill her. So anyway. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for that little uh, comic relief. I am going to the calls. I'm going to Alan in Athens. Alan, you are on with Monica. Yes, Monica. I just wanted to say that uh, both sides of this issue uh, would do well to think that uh, be advised that uh, both sides of the war are financed by pretty much the same banks and leaders at the very top of both sides were members of secret societies. Well, the uh, war and its outcome uh, was a foregone conclusion decades before it ever started. I just would like to put that out there. I want Don't hang up, Alan, because that's the kind of what I call deep history that I like to uh, dig into, and I've touched on it with the Civil War, but I've never really felt like I, I knew what direction to go in. I, th I heard things about Russia on one side, uh, other European countries. England, can you, in a nutshell, tell me what you think, who was on which side? Can you give it real short so people can understand it, what well, you think was, was really comment. happening? Yes, ma'am. There was a comment made by Benjamin Disraeli, uh, I think in 1847, that uh, said, hey, basically, in a nutshell, we're just going to whip up fervor on both sides and just basically bring everything to a head. So he was the, let me just say, he was the Prime Minister of England at the time, correct? Mm -hmm. And he, so, so, was this like the Revolutionary War Part 3, and they won? Uh, well, basically, you know, our, the, our Southern ancestors way back when, you know, uh, basically would not give way on the uh, issue of slavery when the Republic was first founded. So that had to be put off till later. And of course, oh, no, Alan, I actually thought the British wouldn't allow it because they, for political reasons, had to get rid of it there. Well, but the banks and the shipping... Once independence was gained, though. You know, it, it, I don't know. I think the British agreed. still had influence over it. I don't know. I have to look into Okay, that, give me another sentence. One more sentence. You said it's a fire bell in the night. It's going to be an issue that's going to crop up again. All right. Uh, so... Okay, so it sounds like it was uh, in part a foreign plot, but I'll tell you, if you have one book that you can recommend that I read, Alan, that would help illuminate this, I would love that. Well, there's a book called uh, The South Under Siege by Frank Connor, and uh, if you look at it online, you can you can find it. Uh, it's, it's pretty informative. All right, I'll look into it. Sometime, a lot of times, stuff like that. Um, Alan, thank you for the call. I like different ideas. Binkley, have you heard of that book? I have not. You have not. Okay. So I know nothing about that book. So I, a lot of times, people recommend books like that. But if there is a deeper history, I would say there's usually more books out there that reflect disinformation, that try to mess up the deeper history so you can never get to it. So I, Alan, I really appreciate the recommendation. I will have to vet it before I'm, uh, that before I recommend it myself, but I appreciate the name of it. Thank you so much. I'm going to go to uh, Peggy in Athens. Peggy, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. 
You know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, taxpayer money being spent on statues and things like that, that's ridiculous. But a caller that you had about four back, the gentleman said, you know, everything from the Civil War needs to be gone. And he made the comment, anything that offends anybody should be taken down. I thought he said that offends Americans. Well, basically offends anybody. Yeah, okay. You know, offends Americans. And that's the problem. Everybody is offended by everything. And and that's an erosion, obviously, of the First Amendment. Um, You know... And, and let me let me offend the feminist. You know, man up. And if you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't go look at it. Don't listen to it. You know, everybody's offended by everything. And when you made the comment to him that the the divide was really stoked the beginning of it of where we are now by Obama, you know, it makes me think all these statues being taken down. Who, who's paying the people to do that? You know, just like the Soros people or whoever, you know, paid people to protest in Ferguson and Baltimore and things like that, they are playing everybody. They are dividing everybody. Yeah, it's actually, by taking this action, it is quite divisive. And I would just say, insert my libertarianism here, I wouldn't pay tax money to put it up. I wouldn't pay tax money to put it down. You don't need to make uh, uh, social statements at the government level. That's not what it's for. And I, But that is what the government is used to manipulate us socially and culturally. That's what it's there that you, people don't realize because you think that the Constitution, the Bill of Rights defines, Declaration of Independence defines the operational paradigm, if you will, the basic um, structure, the scaffolding of this country. But it's really gotten to the point where it's a it's a social it, we're being manipulated socially for the interests of the people at the top. And this plays into it. But you can take but the fact that it's all on public land is what makes it. You know, you uh, do away with it. Yeah, take up a collection if you want to get rid of it. It's on public land. If it offends people, I don't. I don't think we should have put it up with public money. It's just like segregation. It's, there should not be a law uh, that you can have tax-funded schools and have them segregated, or that a private count uh, soda fountain should be forced to segregate in public places. There's no place for that stuff. Privately, as a libertarian, I I can't force people to not do those things, but. I, I, I don't like it. And if you're if in, in a free society where they didn't waste money on this stuff, it wouldn't be divisive. Did I throw you Let off ask, there? <laughs> Thank can you. I ask you a question? Uh-oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Um, okay, I wholeheartedly believe in, you know, NWO, that kind of thing, you know, the people that want to promote the one-world government. And, of course, you know, it sounds warm and fuzzy when they explain it to everybody, but they're the ones in power, and we're not. How do you, how do we... How do we break that? How do we get out from under that? How do we stop them? Dude, Peggy, I'm so trying to figure that out like every day, all day long. I'm actually, I feel like just having these conversations on the air with a lot of people like you is I'm trying to figure out like the true nature of the power structure and how to get, because I think their ultimate goal it starts with population reduction. Like, really, that's what I, I'm afraid of with wars. Oh, sure. Like, the purpose is population reduction because that's how they can keep the power. They can't keep the power with that. So, it's a real problem in real time. And the most, as far as I've gotten, as what the answer is, is to try to keep it, uh, to, to try to 
vet it and get people thinking about it because they spend so much effort on the propaganda. I have to believe our minds are what they need, our consent. They really need it. So if we keep talking to each other and have a little bit of courage and do our own research, I feel like that has to be the first step. Thank you very much for the call. Wrap it up after the break. Uh, This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 87 degrees forecast for Monday with a 60% chance of rain, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we do not have a lot of time, so I'm sorry to say. No more calls, but it has been quite a lively conversation. I didn't expect that when I woke up this morning. These, um, this story is so, just even talking about it is quite divisive, I think. I think people got their short hairs up thinking about this. So um, we could probably talk about it for another three hours, but we don't have that time. We do continue this conversation during the week, though. You can... Uh, tweet with me at monica perez show i always i try to answer every tweet and binkley they can get our podcast how they can go to propagandareportdaily.com and click on the apple or the google button on the right side awesome thank you so much we'll be back next week saturday three to six this is monica perez